0: Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Well, I get to share the word with you. As I said, hello to anybody watching online. As usual, if you want to follow along uh, the outline of today's message, you can go in your Bible app and find it. And uh, find the outline there, or you can grab a printed outline there from the back. There are just 14 days left in 2023, which means we are in the really final stretch of Christology. Somebody tell me, Revelation 1.8, volunteer or victim? Get it off the screen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Revelation 1, 8, a Very good. He even got the A. Ready? I am the Alpha. Who can me? Who the Omega, beginning and the end, Revelation me? puede decir en español? Alana? Oh, Oh. <laughs> Yo soy al Alpha y la Omega, el principio y el fin. Apocalipsis uno ocho. Orale, <laughs> you are slaying. All right. I still don't know how to use that word properly, but we try. We're trying. Because Jesus is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, el principio y el fin, right? We have been reading all year long. We're almost done reading through the Bible together and all year long. We have been. Hemos estado. Why? Why? Why do we read through the Bible together every year as a church family? Come on, pull it out. Everybody got one of these? Why do we read through the Bible every year? In fact, we're inviting you. As usual, in 2024, once again, as we always do, as a family, all together. Come on, read what it says. Let's read the Bible together in 2024. Tell somebody, let's read the Bible together in 2024. Maybe you've never done it. Maybe you've done it a dozen times. If you've never done it before, there's some little simple instructions on the back how to use the Bible app and get on the life journal reading plan. Make sure you plan to start on January 1st. The life journal Bible reading plan, we'll say more about that in the coming weeks, but we're going to be reading the Bible again together, and this year we've been finding Jesus from cover to cover, and as we near completion right of the Old Testament, we've been finding Jesus through the kings and the prophets. And you guys There are so, so many more stories to cover, but 52 weeks, 52 Sundays out of the year does not give us enough time to find Jesus in all the stories of the Old Testament. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, as we get ready for Christmas, we're focusing our attention on perhaps the most messianic prophet of all. Who is that? Isaiah, Isaiah, right? All the prophets speak of Jesus in the Old Testament, but Isaiah probably has the most messianic prophecies and who knows when Isaiah prophesied 700 BC very good so a couple of weeks ago we started learning uh, from Isaiah about Jesus and you know we're gonna come back to Isaiah next Sunday for Christmas and because I don't want to end the year without finding Jesus in the Psalms who likes the Psalms okay there are 150 Psalms included in the Bible, and they were written by Moses, King David, Solomon, a guy named Asaph, and a few others contributed to the 150 Psalms. Most, if not all the Psalms, were actually written to be set to music. Psalm is another word for song, right? So when you read the Psalms, imagine music, imagine it being sung. The Psalms, the 150 Psalms, are a collection of prayers, poems, praise, protest. There's a lot of complaints in the Psalms, right? Promises, and oh yes, the Psalms are full of prophecy, okay? So much prophecy. And we see Jesus revealed and intertwined throughout the Psalms. Today we're going to be in the second Psalm. But first, before we go to the second Psalm... Have you ever felt like you're fighting a losing battle? Can you think of one? A losing battle. Right? Shout one out, toddlers. That's not a losing battle. You eventually win in the name of Jesus. Maybe you've seen this gif, jif, kif. You ever seen this guy? Y'all... This brother is fighting a losing battle. <laughs> I can't tell if it's a brother or a sister, actually. I think it's a brother. All right. Trying to mop the waves at the beach. How many of you know that's a losing battle? Right? Uh, I, 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 how about this? Have you ever felt like you, you're trying to stop time? And, and how many of you know you, you just can't? Right? Especially the process of aging. You know, there are special lotions and creams and vitamins and supplements and all that to help, to help slow down the process of aging. But guess what? That's a losing battle. At the end of the day, this body is going to get old. It's going to (laughs) change. And and it's going to die. Come on. Trying to stop aging is fighting a losing battle. I, I I wonder why, if we know some things are just a, a losing battle, why don't we just just embrace the inevitable, right? And wise up and just learn to embrace the process, the inevitable process, and enjoy the journey, right? Because some some things really truly are losing battles, and it seems like we could just wise up and, and try to learn to enjoy. Today's message is called fighting, a losing battle. And Psalm chapter 2, go to Psalm chapter 2 in your Bible. You, of course, could follow along on the screen. Psalm chapter 2 is, starts with a question that is followed by a very clear answer. How many of you love it when the Bible asks a question and then it also gives you the answer, right? I love it. I love it when the Bible answers itself. Psalm 2 poses a question and then answers itself with the rest Of the psalm. Okay, so I'm gonna read through it and then we're going to break it down. Are we ready? Who's excited for the word today? Who's ready to find Jesus in Psalm chapter 2? Come on. Here's the question Why are the nations so angry? Have you noticed that? I mean, the nations are angry. Angry with one another and just angry. There's this sense of anger around the world. It's not just here, it's everywhere. And of course we know about the wars and stuff going on, but the nations are at odds. The nations are angry. And God is posing this question, why? Why are the nations so angry? He starts... The Bible starts to answer the question with a question. You ever had the answer of a question with another question? Here we go. Why do they waste their time with futile plans? Say futile or futile. Let's keep going. The kings of the earth prepare for battle and the rulers plot together have you noticed this this is something that's constantly going on in the earth the big the the big shots the rulers the kings the leaders of the world are constantly plotting and they get together and they plot and most of the time we don't realize whom they're plotting against. It seems like they're just plotting against one another and trying to pit each other against the others. But in reality, they the rulers of the world, the world system, the world system is plotting together, all together, against whom? The Lord. And against his anointed one. I bet you know who that is. Well, let's keep getting into why they're so angry. This is why they're so angry. They're not plotting just against one another. The world is not plotting Just to see who's in power. The world is plotting together for verse 3. Let us break their chains, they cry. And free ourselves from slavery to God. See, that's what this is all about. The nations are so angry. And the big rulers of the world are plotting together to try to get rid of any accountability, the nations are plotting together to do whatever we want, to free ourselves from any accountability to God, the Creator. But the one who rules in heaven, what does he do in heaven? It says he laughs and he scoffs at them. Now, I used to read this and think of like God in heaven. ha <laughs> ha. No, 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 no. What does it say? It says he scoffs. That's how he laughs at him. Show me a scoff. Turn to your neighbor and scoff laugh. (laughs) Come on, turn to your other neighbor and go, what are you doing? Turn to your other neighbor and go, (laughs) Get the Chris. Scoffing. It says the Lord scoffs at the world system that's plotting against Him. (laughs) Then, in anger, He rebukes them. You know why He's angry? Because the world is broken. And the rulers of the world just keep breaking it worse and worse. The world is already broken. Creation is already corrupted and broken through sin. And now the rulers, the authorities of the world that God has instituted to try to keep the world in order and good things going on, the very authorities of the world are making it all worse. And he's not happy about it. He scoffs, he laughs, and he's angry at it. Why? Because he loves his creation. He loves humanity, and he is angry at what the world system is doing against the people he created. Terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne. In Jerusalem. On my holy mountain. Anybody know who he's talking about? So all of y'all kings plotting against me. And I've already placed on the throne my chosen one. The one who is the king. He's reigning on the throne. Verse 7. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. We'll come back to that. Only ask and I will give you the nation. All the kings and the rulers of the world, they're fighting, they're gathering, they're plotting against me to try to rule the world. But I'm giving to you, my chosen king, I'm giving you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. You'll break them or rule them, other translations say, with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. That's what's going to happen to the world system. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Come on, puck your neighbor and say, why is Because listen, listen, the world system is all about. Rebellion against God, and we just go along with it. Wise up. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Wow, what a statement. Serve the Lord with reverent fear. That's what wisdom is, to reverently fear the Lord and serve him and Rejoice with trembling. That almost sounds like a contradiction. Rejoice, but also tremble, right? Have joy in the Lord, but also remember who He is. Submit, verse 12, to God's royal Son. The King James says, kiss the Son, capital S. Kiss, as in not smooch smooch. Kiss, as in the kiss of submission to a king. God's royal son, or he will become angry, and you'll be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. You ever seen someone destroyed in the midst of all their activities? There's a way not to be. (laughs) For his anger flares up in an instant. Now, this is important. God doesn't get angry quickly, but when he gets angry, boom, it's done. Okay? But what joy. For all who take refuge in him. All right. So much to unpack here. So I'm going to do my best in the next 15 minutes. The king and kings are referenced a lot throughout the Psalms. And we know that the kings of Israel were extraordinarily imperfect. Right? Some of them were just plain bad. With a few good ones mixed in. But through the reign of the kings of Israel, God spoke extraordinarily clearly about Christ, the king. Through the kings, we see Christ, the king. Okay? The imperfect kings were like a precursor or foreshadowing of the perfect king who was coming. What's his name? Jesus. Jesus. So... Why are the nations so angry? Why are the nations so angry? I'll tell you why. Because they're fighting a losing battle. God says that all their planning and plotting is what? Futile. It's just futile. They can plan and plot All they want. But at the end of the day, resisting the kingdom of God and King Jesus is fighting a losing battle. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And anyone resisting him is fighting a losing battle. Come on, tell your neighbor, wise up. Don't let that be you. Let's break this down. There are more than five, but I'm going to give you five references to Christ right here out of Psalm 2. Are we ready? All right. C. We. We're going to go back through it, and our amazing t- media team is going to do their best to go back through the scriptures with us. I'm sorry, media team, you're awesome. Right? First of all, it says that the kings of the earth and the rulers plot together against the Lord and his anointed one. Say, Anointed One. Anointed One is the word is where we get the word Messiah or Christ Jesus the Christ or Jesus the Messiah Messiah Hebrew Christ Greek means the anointed one this is important Jesus Christ is not just someone who had the anointing come on look up here if you have Christ in you you have the anointing but you are not the anointed one Okay, now some men of God act like they're the anointed one. Okay, but there is no more the anointed one. We have his anointing. But he is the anointed one, literally the embodiment of the anointing of God. The one who is literally as a man who came full, completely of, without limits, the spirit of God. Jesus, the anointed one, Israel's promised redeemer. We know that throughout history, the history of the Old Testament, God rescued his people again and again and again through Moses through prophets, through the judges, through other deliverers, right? But we see again and again and again, and it was all part of the Lord's good plan, that no one could truly rescue Israel and therefore rescue the rest of the world, that God himself was going to come. He promised he himself was going to come himself and step into humanity and step into a human body and rescue the world himself. The anointed one, God incarnate. Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. And the reality is, everything going on in the world is a fight against the anointed one. If you notice, the world isn't really fighting against Jesus. The world is fighting against Christ. A lot of people like Jesus. A lot of people that aren't Jesus followers like Jesus, the man. Oh, he was a good man, a good teacher, right? He did good things. He showed us compassion and all that. A lot of people like Jesus. But when we get into who he really is, the Christ, God himself incarnate, Oh, that's there, where the resistance starts to come. Because if Jesus is the anointed one, if Jesus is the Christ, if Jesus is God, that means we have to submit. And that's what the world doesn't want to do. And that's what our rebellious humanity doesn't want to do. But guess what? Wise up. Because that's a losing battle. He's the anointed one. He's God. What is the spirit of Antichrist? It's the spirit of the world. Stop watching movies and reading books that makes you look for this one man that's going to be the Antichrist. Okay? There is a spirit of Antichrist. and All the way back in the writing of the New Testament, it says the spirit of Antichrist is already at work. The spirit of the world system is resistant to the anointed one is resistant to the fact that Jesus Christ is God. God in the flesh, the anointed one. And he is, number two, God's chosen king. He's the chosen king. There are many kings and there are many rulers. But there is one who has been chosen... It's the Lord Jesus Christ who stepped into humanity and through his total submission to God and his absolute humility to serve humanity and die for us, die in our place. God, the word says, God chose him and put him at the top. His name is above every name, and every knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess. He's the chosen one, He's the Lord. And you know why that's such a problem? Why that makes the nation so angry? Is if he's the king, they're not. You know why so many first century Christians were martyred? They were killed for simply using the phrase, Jesus Christ is Lord. Because in, 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 in the Roman Empire, what that meant was Caesar is not. And when we say Jesus Christ is Lord, we're saying, and nobody else is. And why are the rulers of the world so angry and plotting against him? Because they want the power. Careful, because we go right along with it. And instead of submitting ourselves to the chosen king, we are our own king. And my friends... Fighting a losing battle. This is very good news, by the way. I'm getting there. Jesus is the name above all other names, chosen for his perfect obedience and humility. Next time you see on the news some angry ruler, king, dictator, congressman, person in authority, person usurping authority, angry, trying to get their way. You know why they're angry? Look at me, because they're really not the king. And they never will be. They're not the chosen one. Jesus is. And they're fighting a losing battle. In any way, any king, ruler, person in authority resists the chosen king. They're fighting a losing battle. It's futile, and that's why they're so angry. Many of them don't even know the reason why they're so angry, but that's the reason. Do you know why rulers can never seem to get enough power? Because they never will. <laughs> they never were the king, and they'll never be the king. They're grasping for something they can never have, and it's infuriating. And they oppress and they stomp on people and they step over people and they do whatever it takes. That's what the world does. Listen, I'm not talking about a specific ruler, or king, president or leader. The world does this to people. Oppression and slavery and political manipulation, that's nothing new, y'all. That's been since the beginning of time. The nations are angry because they're not the king. Not only is he the chosen king, he's the king of nations. The word says, the the, the father tells Jesus, the king, the chosen king, ask and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole world as your possession. Listen, Jesus is the redeemer and ruler of all. The nations now belong to him. For he paid the price with his precious blood. The nations and all creation. We were lost because of sin. So Jesus came. God himself. The Messiah. The anointed one. Stepped in. The chosen king. And he became sin. So that sin could be removed from the equation. So now. He's the redeemer of all. And all who call on the name of the Lord are saved. Redeemed. Redeemed means bought back. All the nations belong to Jesus. Why is the great commission to go make disciples of all nations? Because they're his. The nations belong to Jesus. The nations have been bought back. The nations have been redeemed by the, the blood of Jesus. And he is the king of the nations. And let me tell you, Jesus is returning. And I don't know if you've read Revelation, but I have. A lot of times. And some people shy away from Revelation. Ooh, that's scary. I love Revelation. I love it. Because you see a picture of the new creation. And guess who's there bowing before King Jesus? Every nation. Every nation. People from every nation, every tribe, in every language Because King Jesus is returning to rule and reign over the nations forever and ever. He is already ruling as king. And he's going to come back to rule forever and ever the new creation. And all the nations, we're going to be there. Come on, say, Jesus is the king of nations. He's also the son of God. The son of God. I I love to go back to verse... Seven, the king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, he's talking to the chosen king on the throne. We just read that, okay? You are my son. Today I have become your father. Wait, so Jesus became the son of God or he always was the son of God? Trick question. (laughs) Jesus became the son of God. Jesus was and is and always, has been and always will be the word of God. But he was called the son of God because he was born into the earth as a human. He didn't call himself the son of God. What did he call himself? The son of man, right? Why? Because he was born as a man. What did the father, what did God call him? Son of God. And the Word says that the Father testifies about Jesus being the Son of God. Okay, so what happened at Christmas? It's very simple. The Word became the Son. The eternal Word of God, who, yes, is the eternal Son of God, came to the earth as the Son of God. What does this mean? Why did the word of God come to into, into humanity? So that God could reveal himself, express himself, Jesus Christ, the visible image of the eternal, infinite, invisible God. The word of God became flesh. John chapter 1. The word became the son. So has he always been the son of God? Yes, he's always been the son of God because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's eternal from everlasting to everlasting. He always was who he was. He always is who he is. And he'll always be who he is be. <laughs> who he will be. Is be. That's a new one, okay? <laughs> Got to learn that. <laughs> who he be. That's right. Now, I, if this challenges your thinking a little bit, good. Jesus is the eternal word of God. The Bible says that actually the whole purpose of creation is Jesus. He made everything for Jesus. Everything was made by Jesus. Through Jesus. For Jesus. And it's upheld by Jesus. Jesus is the word. He's the expression. He's the logos. He's the reason why. The whole Bible. Christology. It's the book of Christology. Because everything's about him. But in order for us to know him, to see him, he came as the son of God. Born of the Virgin Mary, Emmanuel, God with us, one of us. And this is the deal. It says that if we resist him, we'll be destroyed. If we can, we go back to the end of the chapter. It says in verse 12, submit to God's son, to God's royal son, or he'll become angry and you'll be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. Submission to the son, however, brings salvation. Resisting the Son of God brings destruction. Submission to the Son of God, to the Lord Jesus Christ, brings salvation. In fact, I'll repeat it. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, what's his name? The Son of God, Jesus, shall be saved. Anyone and everyone who resists the Son of God shall be destroyed in the midst of all our activities. Now, I don't know about you, but God, I got a lot of activities. There's a lot of things going on. I don't want to be destroyed all of a sudden in the midst of all my activities. I don't know about you, but in the midst of all my activities, I've decided to submit to God's royal Son. To Submit to Jesus as Lord, to Jesus as King. Why? Because number five, he is our refuge. Submit to God's royal son or you'll be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. But look at the end of the psalm, verse 12. But what? Let's get it on there. End of, uh, second part of verse 12. Next one. But what? Joy for all who take refuge in Him. Christ the Savior is our safe place. Jesus, our refuge, listen, hides us, covers us, and protects us from the coming destruction. <laughs> Evil has been judged. Evil is being judged. And evil will be forever destroyed. And all of us have partaken and participated in evil. Therefore, we are candidates for being destroyed in the midst of all of our activities. Deservingly. I don't know about you, but I am just so thankful that the chosen king, the anointed one, the king of the nations, is also our refuge. Our safe place. And it says here, security or Sorry, true joy. What joy? Great joy comes from all or comes to all who take refuge in him. We have to take refuge. Refuge is available, but we have to take refuge. We have to come to Jesus. Listen, this is so important. Maybe, maybe this is some of you or somebody listening. It's not enough to know Jesus is the refuge. It's not enough to know that He's the Savior. You have to take refuge in Him. You have to come to Christ. You have to submit to Him. You have to surrender so that Jesus can save you and be your refuge. You do not have to be, live, live your whole life fighting a losing battle. You can take refuge in Jesus. This is why we sing joy to the world (laughs) at Christmas. Joy to the world. The Lord, the anointed one. God's chosen king, king of all the nations. The son of God, Emmanuel, has come and he is our refuge And all who take refuge in him can have security, can have peace, and that is our joy. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.